Welcome to Be Honest Podcast with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, where we hold honest conversations about life, relationships, challenges, and everything in between with unfiltered discussions with real people offering their authentic stories, experiences, and perspectives. No topic is off limits and no story is too small. Join us on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope that everyone can hear us well. Dr. Sherry, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. I can't hear anyone. What's going on? <laughs> Just all of a sudden kicked me out. Are you back in? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't hear anyone. Okay, <laughs> so um, let's just start and I'll figure it out. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Be Honest radio show, Relationship Talks with Dr. Yana and Dr. Punch, Dr. Sherry Punch. <laughs> the show where I send into the honest conversations about life, relationship, challenges, and everything that is human. On the United uh, Radio, on the United Public Radio Network, one hundred seven point seven FM. This is so interesting. When I can't hear myself, when I can't hear anything else, you know, I we make mistakes as human. This is very interesting. All right. While I'm trying to figure it out, I'm going to pose the question that we are going to ponder today: Why do we often struggle to say no, and how? And embracing the two-letter word read to profound shifts in our lives. And I'm going to pass the microphone to Dr. Sherry while I'm figuring out my hearing here. <laughs> it's okay. I'm pretty spacey myself. I even brought the shirt to space this out as well, even though you can't hear me. Well, wherever you find yourself today listening to our show, driving, sitting, laying, standing, or even upside down, you're in a good space to embark on this journey of learning to say no. In our ever-changing world, societal gratification of endless yeses often leads to instant gratification. I'm sure we're all used to that by now, instant gratification, TikTok, scro scrolling on our phones, just immersing ourselves into the instant, even expecting things around us to happen instantly and having to remind ourselves to be patient. I don't know where Dr. Yana went. I think maybe I shouldn't have wore this shirt today because I spaced it out. <laughs> However, let's get back to the topic here. Society's expectations coupled with a natural inclination to please others often contributes us to seek validation, avoid confrontation, or worry about missed opportunities. Are you back? Let's find a balance between saying yes or no in a delicate dance on a double-edged sword. To say the least, living in fear of uttering the simple word no may lead to life overshadowed by overwhelming obligations and compromises. 
create that often creates a cycle of stress and anxiety for us. Can you relate out there? Even a sense of being powerless in our struggle to meet others' expectations. This often happens at the expense of our own personal well-being. Overcoming the challenge of saying no entails recognizing our own personal well-being. Overcoming challenges help us set boundaries, allowing us to regain control in order to cultivate more fulfilling, centered life. A far-fetched as this may sound, I think the vulnerability there's vulnerability and strength in saying no. Are you back with us? All right, well, I'm going to keep going then. Let's think about outside, wherever you are. Even if you're not outside, think about a windy day. The tree bends with the wind. As the air is in motion, interacts with the branches and the leaves. The branches sway, the leaves rustle, showing their flexibility to express openness. Yet, rooted for, even though the tree is swaying in the wind, it's firmly rooted in the ground, resilient against the endless pressures of external expectations. The entire interaction is what supports dispersing the seeds of the trees, enabling pollination, and contributing to the overall survival of trees. What I'm emphasizing here is the tree stands as a metaphor for our human existence. The branches reflect our choices, reaching in various directions. Above all, learning to say no refines our roots, anchoring us to grow with purpose and resilience. You there? Can you hear us yet? I believe that the system is saying no to us today. <laughs> So I'll continue. Can you hear us? We'll make it into a fun podcast <laughs> or a radio show. We're on a radio show, which also can be seen as a podcast here on United Public Radio 107.7 FM. Getting back to the topic of trees, for the most part, trees are just like trees. We all face external forces, encountering societal pressures and expectations. Sometimes external factors we face is similar to like a tornado or hurricane. We're very familiar with the hurricanes down here. Even tornadoes, we're in Louisiana, so very familiar with that. Sometimes external factors we face in our real life can be equivalent to like hurricane winds. Strong enough, enough to erode the fabric of our existence. This often causes turmoil and decay also speaks to the importance of cultivating a resilient core where we can weather the storms of life and emerge stronger despite our challenges. Without taking time to ponder the big picture, often our knee-jerk reaction is to say yes, fueled by a culture who values instant gratification. We have I am back. There you are. <laughs> We're talking about becoming used to being um, constant availability. So <laughs> that's where we are. <laughs> Thank you for becoming more available. <laughs> fill me in, fill me in. Oh my God, I cannot believe that it actually happened. This is not the supernatural show. And somehow <laughs> I disappeared. I had to reboot and come back. This is so strange. 
All right. Well, it's it's a part of life. It shows that we're only human. We're part of life. And I don't know if I'll wear this space shirt again because something got shot <laughs> in the space. <laughs> and we have a similar background to your shirt. It's matching perfectly. Well, you know yeah. what? This is the conversation about being able to say no. And I so rudely said no to everybody. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> right. I think the system was saying no as well. <laughs> the system was saying no. This is so, so funny. You overcame. Exactly. Um, I didn't even try. Right. It's a good example of that. Uh, constant availability. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Constant availability, in fact, uh, uh, reduces respect for people. And uh, I know that even in the book uh, um, by Robert Greene, Robert Greene in his book, The 48 Laws of Power, he is talking about this constant availability that loses respect, loses appreciation for you. So that has been a tactics of the powerful people of our world throughout the history to apply this technique, to apply these tactics of disappearing uh, sometimes for a month or two sometimes, right? That they would just do it strategically and then appear back again. And the crowds will praise you. The crowds will be so happy to see you back again. So they will be so forgiving of other faults of yours. So not that I'm suggesting to do it strategically to disappear just like I did right now. (laughs) Totally not strategically. But uh, that really does reduce the respect not talking about the constant and total burnout, emotional and physical burnout when we say hi, say hi, say yes <laughs> to people. <laughs> I'm on a space today, Dr. Sherry. I'm on a space. I say hi. <laughs> I hope that I don't stay high. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're who knows, you know, being high is a great feeling. But as you grow up, there's always a, a plummet down. Being Enjoy high, the high. <laughs> it's really good in microdosing. So I better be high today in microdosing. Are you microdosing life today? I'm microdosing on coffee today. <laughs> you better macro dose that. <laughs> I am. Can you see the size of my cup? Yeah, I am macrodosing. So I've been microdosing coffee since morning. So yes, uh, Dr. Sherry, tell me one, uh, answer one question. So how did constant availability of yours affect you and people around you? Did it uh, make them happy or uh, were they pleased all the time? Did they appreciate you or did it cause them to devalue you? So well, tell us say, about it. I would say that. Um, saying no, when I really want to say yes, is maybe a, it would be a form of people pleasing. So I would say in the interim or in the moment, I'm pleasing someone. However, I'm disappointing myself. And through disappointing myself, which is also noticed by the other person, they may ha- somehow um, lose respect for me because I, I gave of myself when I truly didn't have the capacity to do so. That is so true. That is so true and happened to me all the time. And knowing you throughout uh, the ages, Dr. Sherry, you are always available. And as soon as I text you, it's like you're sleeping with your phone in your ears that you would always respond. (laughs) Oh, you have a watch. That's why. Oh, now I know the trick. 
Sometimes it sinks, sometimes it doesn't. So it has its own mind of saying yes and no. It's not always on time. (laughs) This tells me not to ever get an Apple Watch. Not to ever get disturbed (laughs) like that by the text messages. Because if I tell people that I have an uh, iWatch, and uh, they will know that I received the text, right? It's just I'm choosing not to respond. So this is one of the reasons why I will never get the the iWatch. I also have very small children, which are constant reminders of immediate gratification, instantaneous gratification. I think the way the world is is shaping, it's, it's almost like we're turning back into children, seeking the validation, uh, instant gratification, because that's how children are. They want it and they want it now. And if they can't have it, they're going to throw a tantrum. That's in addition to all that information I just gave you. One of the reasons I have uh, access to op- openness is because in case there's a need for my children, for me to be in touch with my children. Uh-huh. So do you ever say no to your children? Yes. And why do you think it is important? Boundaries. So they know that it's healthy to go out into the world. You're not going to get everything you want. Sometimes it's hard to say no to them. Sometimes it's hard to say no to people. It took me many, many years in my life to realize, I think uh, um, someone calls it vitamin N. And vitamin N is the word no. That is such a great vitamin N. Wish it was packaged and we just like buy it and eat it like we like to do in our modern culture. Well, today we're here to tell you how to do it without biting it and eating it. Uh, we are going to produce it in the pill of the mind. Good. That you can uh, fuel yourself. You can prepare yourself for the future situations in your lives and uh, uh, possibly learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. Because uh, by saying yes constantly, like uh, Dr. Sherry mentioned, even to children, it teaches them uh, uh, one of the worst lessons in life, that life is going to be easy, that everything is going to be given to me. And life is not. This is what the our children are not taught at schools, that life is not going to be easy. Once you graduate, although in public schools it's much better, but in the private schools, uh, they pat you on the head. The life is good. Everything is rosy, peachy. Life is good. So I remember one time I, uh, my daughter was little and she was having uh, severe headaches. And we took her to the neurologist. The neurologist was from New York and he was so not happy being in the Midwest and such a great guy. We were friends. And um, he said... An interesting thing, right off the bat, he said, take a child out of the public school, uh, out of the private school and put her in the public school. That would teach her skills, life skills that she she, the, she would be grateful for later and you will be grateful for as well. So not the, you know, that you will save money, but you will also uh, be able to put it toward college if you um, choose in the future. But that is really the case to look at life honestly to assess it and understand what to do with it, whether I'm too available for people, whether I'm a people pleaser, whether my life is uh, going in the right direction with the way that I'm approaching life right now, being available all the time. So that is important. Yeah, because the tendency to say yes is usually um, it's rooted in a 
the, the desire to say, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm spaced out now. I need some of that micro like coffee. <laughs> Went into space. I did. Well, saying yes is our, we usually say it for our immediate approval. We generally say yes because we want the immediate approval and we don't even think about the consequences of committing to saying yes. Saying no, indeed, saying no, on the other hand, requires thoughtful consideration. It's a mindful process. We have to consider our priorities and our boundaries as well as the impact our decisions make on ourselves and others. I mean, take a moment and think about a sculptor. They use their clay as a medium. The clay represents the impact of saying no. Just as the sculptor asserts their skills to shape and mold the earth and material, we assert our boundaries. We deliberately mold our own well-being. So from a broader perspective, sculpting involves a meticulous craftsmanship, skills and tools, right? So our decision to say no is also a skillful art. We always, we're, we're always working at chiseling away the excess of ourselves to reveal our, the authentic contours of our understanding and respect. We all have the capacity to shape our lives with clarity and purpose on the wheel of existence, just like the wheel of sculpture uses. We can carve away our distractions and unnecessary obligations. Another factor in saying no is be honest. Just like a sculptor, we too create a masterpiece of stealthhood, which stands as a testament of our values and priorities along the road of self-discovery. There's a quote by Paulo, I'm going to probably not say the name correct, Coelho, and it says, Paolo you, Coelho. Mm -hmm. Thank you. There you go. Beautifully said. When you say yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. That is so important not to say no to yourself. And I cannot stress the importance of it enough because uh, why uh, we are, while we're pleasing other people, we are actually um, avoiding pleasing ourselves a lot of the times. So what happens? Why do we please people? Well, perhaps we avoid confrontation. Mm -hmm. We not that that many people nowadays, unless you are psychopathically, sociopathically inclined, uh, we don't like confrontation. And that is why we feel as if uh, uh, saying no will put more pressure and tension uh, between us as humans. And we tend to say yes to prevent those unpleasant feelings. Yeah. And maybe somebody who has, let's bring in the attachment theory here, someone who's anxious, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they enjoy confrontation, but they may engage in confrontation with the notion that they're going to get what they want, unconsciously, perhaps subconsciously. But some people, yes, a fear of vulnerability, fear of confrontation, fear of conflict, all those things are intertwined in the reasons why we don't want to use the word no. That's true. The childhood trauma can have a profound and lasting effect on our development and behavior as adults. Uh, we end up having a tendency of engaging in people-pleasing behavior. Why do we do that? Uh, we do that for the need for validation and acceptance, for example, right? We see that uh, in uh, anxious avoidant or just anxious um, attachment style. And Dr. Sherry is a professional in attachment styles, so she can uh, uh, share with us why. 
but I know that the um, children, children who have experienced trauma, they often develop the heightened need for validation and acceptance. Uh, their childhood uh, traumatic uh, experiences, they can disrupt uh, the safety and security feeling, leading them to seek, seek external validation as means of reassurance. And uh, the also fear of abandonment. And this is what happens when the children did not get enough attention from their parents, and did not have their basic needs met at the time when they really needed that, uh, such as neglect, uh, abuse, abandonment can instill a deep-seated fear of being abandoned or rejected. Yes, absolutely. Even um, people with avoidant, they have fear of intimacy. So that, that's a, a key there too. So they may push people away instead of trying to be a fear of separation and a fear of loss, which is intertwined with that. They'll also create uh, sabotaging behaviors that will cause the person to go away, getting too close. So if I say no, it's going to push you away and therefore you won't get close enough to me and I don't have to worry about being abandoned. Oh, absolutely. And by constantly seeking to please others, uh, we hope to secure a sense of belonging and avoid the pain of being left behind. And that sense of belonging is very important to us as human beings, of course. Uh, so how do we deal with that? Uh, we delve into the uh, not such good uh, uh Real, well, I would say that, yeah, relationship with ourselves. Uh, we are not being honest completely because if we look at, at the, the situation, uh, we have to assess it um, seriously because of why we feel uh, the, the fear of abandonment, right? Uh, whether that's a, just a perceived or maybe that's realistic. Maybe this is the time to let go of that relationship or the situation. But nevertheless, we are so afraid that to lose the sense of belonging to society, to the group, uh, to, to another human being. And yes, we do belong to each other in a relationship. Yes, we do. And if we say that we don't, that we're so uh, independent, we are lying to ourselves. We are not being uh, completely honest. Yes. Uh, Dr. Brene Brown says has a very good uh, theory where she goes into saying that belonging is the opposite of fitting in. When we try to fit in, we hmm. change who we are to fit in. But when we when we belong, we are authentically ourselves. So when you find yourself in life going against the grain of your authenticity, you are you are trying to fit in. You are not where you belong. Where you belong should be comfortable and you should be able to be yourself. You ever find yourself in a situation, relationship, and you're like thinking, I always have to change a part of myself. But because you might have a, um, anything other than a secure attachment, you may be acting out of fear, guilt, whatever those familiar patterns are. So you change yourself to fit into that situation. But you, you know inside your intuition is kind of kicking you. Your inner child's like, something's not right. Something's not right. You're not authentically being you. But then you're around your friends and you're like, oh, I've, it's like a breath of fresh air. I can be myself. That's where you belong. When you can be yourself, you belong. When you have to change yourself, you're trying to fit in. So thank you, Dr. Brown, for enlightening us on that. He can hear us. <laughs> she. She. 
Oh my God, that even she, all right. <laughs> like uh, um, I was uh, so denying and saying no to gender here. <laughs> well, we can laugh about it. Uh, it's yeah. okay, it's fluid today. It's fluid, today's fluid, exactly. <laughs> we just have to accept this life. I used to be so perfectionistic about everything. I couldn't even pronounce this word. As used to be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> used to be. I'm much better now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, I used to be even worse. So it also comes from childhood and uh, the desire to succeed, also fueled by your own parents. And uh, being the first uh, child, the uh, oldest child, of course, that the, you are the high achiever. You go and go, 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 go. But um, you have to be able to stop at uh, some point and assess the situation. And I assessed it nicely. And I'm not as perfectionistic as I was before, Dr. Sherry. So <laughs> I was don't... Just... I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> but still, still, I know that I am, but I have to remind myself not to be so, because uh, if we uh, become too hang up on the perfection, then there's going to be no uh, outcome, not, not good, no good outcome. We can't achieve our goals because we'll just be sitting and stuck in the right. Well, how to do it perfectly? Because you're so focusing life, on the outcome. That's correct, right? You're focusing on the outcome. Yeah. Just let go of the outcome. Not to that, uh, not to the, um, um, to, to the crazy degree, of course, because you want things to work out perfectly, not perfectly. Oh my God. I just said this word <laughs> nicely. <laughs> you Baby want things steps. to work out nicely. <laughs> yes, yes, but still. Ah, uh, so um I guess I was avoiding when I was doing that, uh, I was avoiding conflict uh, uh, and rejection by myself, right? That's why I was being perfectionistic. Just like uh, in uh, um the topic that we're discussing today on why it is so difficult to say to utter just the two letter word. It's no. And uh, in the majority of languages, it is just a two-letter word, right? It's very short. So, uh, but why? So, yes, the conflict, uh, to avoid a conflict and the rejection, we develop uh, uh, because of the trauma that we have in our lives uh, for that uh, being the childhood or adolescence, we develop a strong aversion to conflict and rejection. And uh, we develop heightened sensitivity to negative emotions and conflict, leading us to avoid any situation that may result in confrontation or rejection. So people-pleasing behavior becomes a way to maintain that harmony and avoid all these conflicts that are imaginable or realistic by saying yes and accommodating other people's needs. Uh, um, that becomes oh, something I have a, a fly here. Oh my god. <clears throat> Just got scared here. <laughs> it's a fly on the wall. It's Somebody sent it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is today? Fluid, flying, and everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. It's like on the flip side, we all have we also need to take a look at people who habitually say no, repeatedly stuck in the like in the pattern of the fear of saying yes. Mm -hmm. Some people are so afraid of saying yes. That we rely on saying no to, like you said, to avoid that confrontation and lack of self-confidence. 
Absolutely. And uh, how do we how do we tackle that? How do we approach this sometimes as a big problem for people? I remember I have a client whom I met a long time ago. And the first day when we started the conversation, um, and it was not in the uh, office setting, we were just uh, outside, we met outside. Um, the first day I mentioned to her, I said, you need to learn how to say no to people because I observed her behavior with other people and immediately it was just a, just a, a friendly advice to her. Turn out to be, I um, shot it right into the target and uh, that was her problem, how to say no to people. She had um, uh, just terrible people-pleasing behavior and what was she doing that? She was doing that at the expense of her own well-being. And uh, uh, we worked with that um, for several months and uh, she was able to actually stand up for herself and uh, say no when people were really taking advantage of her goodness uh, uh, and inability to say no. And uh, she wasn't being promoted at work uh, because she was the... the um, go-getter, right? And doing everything that um, her boss was uh, wanting her to do. And uh, she became a um, much stronger person as a result of that. Yeah, it becomes a cope. A lot of people use it as a coping mechanism. It's a way to cope. And just like we were talking about earlier, like a sculptor saying no, it's, like a, it's a skill. You have to practice it's not like you're just going to probably wake up tomorrow or in the next five minutes, all of a sudden, I'm going to say no to, I'm going to stand up for myself and say no. It's a practice. You have to practice. If you're not used to being honest with yourself, you have to learn and practice being honest with yourself. And that's a part of saying no or saying yes. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of us uh, uh, with the two many anti-social tendencies of course we don't say uh yes we don't say no hold on what do, don't we say we don't say i got confused today uh many people don't say um either or <laughs> yeah, that's right i have to track my thoughts back you know I learned how to speak slower, but my brain did not learn to go <laughs> slower. So maybe that's a good thing. But once uh, all this does is like rushing in, I can't just uh, forget <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> that is so funny. So yeah, with antisocial uh, tendencies, uh, of course, there is no problem saying no. Uh, there is a no all the time and saying yes to yourself. So how do we do that? Uh, how do we approach the situation? Um, because that goes, we go against ourselves uh, uh, a lot of the times, not having our needs met, uh, not having our projects uh, fulfilled, right? Like you mentioned, like we have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves and also, we don't have a, we, we should not lie about the reason why we're saying no. So when this happens to us, uh, when somebody comes continuously and asks us to perform some tasks or to do them a favor, um, we don't have even to excuse ourselves. We can just say, you know what, today I can't do that. 
Uh, being honest uh, is actually taking your power back and that is okay. It's always okay to be honest. The only way to live a healthy, happy life is to be honest. How, however hard somebody thinks it is, whatever comes along with that, the only way to truly live a happy, healthy life is to be honest. And Claudia Black says it so perfectly. Saying no is self-care. It's self-care. We get caught in the vortex of saying no, the avoidance. We miss opportunities when we, when we say no. We... We, we don't address the challenges. So in order to break free from the vortex, we have to accept healthier coping mechanisms. We have to inspire our courage to face challenges, increase our, which I think will help us um, increase our self-esteem, heighten our self-esteem. <laughs> that heightened self-esteem, of course, of course. And we don't have to rush. Uh, we don't need to say uh, no to everything, but we have to give uh, ourselves um, Time to think through the consequences of committing uh, to different projects and tasks that people are asking us uh, to do uh, and then give a proper response. For example, uh, we can do what we can do. We can rehearse. We can rehearse. We can ask ourselves a question and rehearse the way that we want to convey our point to people. So while it may not be a natural thing for most of us, what we can do is just... Um, rehearse at home when nobody is watching us uh, just to yourself in the mirror how to say no and the self-esteem in fact um, goes up the more we say no the more we make ourselves a priority I um, remember I had a, um, a client and she uh, told me about her problems and relationships uh, with uh, men. And we realized that that is also, that was her problem of saying yes to uh, people all the time, even if that would go against her own convictions, against her own um, comfort. And that has gotten to the point when she was so unhappy with herself and her self-esteem uh, was uh, going down. So one of the ways that she was in a relationship is to give her boyfriends money whenever they would ask, whenever they would be in a difficult situation, financial situation, and they would um, accept the money and not even be in a hurry to give it back to her. And mind you, uh, she was in relationship not with poor people. Nevertheless, somehow when they were in some sort of a trouble, she would lend them money and she would offer herself. And uh, responsible human beings that would probably refuse and say, uh, I'm going to take care of that myself. And the not so responsible ones are going to take money and never give it back to you. So what happened to her? She would lend that money for different projects, whatever that they were, and guys would never pay her back. And she would be okay with that eventually, even telling them that you don't need to return my money. And this were not like $30, right? They, they were in the hundreds. 
So one time it was, I believe, $500, if I'm not mistaken, that she lended the, to one of her ex-boyfriends. And um, several years later, she came to me and somehow I asked her, how was the situation of the previous relationship and the relationship before then? So there was this common thread of her lending money uh, and not being able to say no, being very accommodating. And the money was never returned and including her current boyfriend at the time. So I said, okay, this is going to be very interesting, Dr. Sherry. And I don't know whether you will support me on that or not. We don't always coincide in our views, but well, that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing, absolutely. But it really worked for her. So I told her, I said, get your phone. We are going to call him and tell him that you need that money back. <gasps> no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Don't ask me. Don't do that. I cannot do that. It's been already like several years. I can't do that. Oh, I said, of course you can. You get the phone. And if you don't want to um, call your ex-boyfriend, then you can text him. No, I can't even text him. Uh, I will email him. I said, whatever works. Email him and say just simple words that uh, this is the time that I need my money back. Even if you say that before that you did not, if you didn't need all this money back. So with shaking hands, she sent that email with a simple sentence that uh, at this time I need my money back. This is a very incredible thing that would happen probably 30 seconds later. Just 30 seconds later. I mean, it doesn't probably, it cannot uh, happen in every instance, of course, but this is such an incredible example of how to approach your inability to say no to people. 30 seconds later, she gets her money, $500, sent to her through Venmo. She got her money back. And she was surprised that it happened. Moreover, that her ex-boyfriend sent her money, I think it was $150, and he said, please take yourself out to dinner. If I cannot do that, please take yourself out to dinner. I would like to pay for your dinner. It was so incredible. She was so surprised that it actually happened. I said, well, this is another, uh, this is a way to say no, to hold your interests, uh, to even approach your present relationship because her present boyfriend at the time also owed her money, like about $800. And she said, oh, it is okay. I don't have to get it back. Oh, yes, you need to have it back. It is your money and you lent him and you need to have it back to get your power back. I think, you. yeah, I, I will never uh, border on the line of telling you how to be there for your clients. And that's completely your... Um, Prerogative. Yes. I think it's great <laughs> to support her and you encouraged her. Um, you guided her. So I think it's wonderful. It's a great strategy. Even if you don't even look in the mirror. I just think that just, again, getting in touch, touch at, the, at, the, at the beginning, middle or end of the day, we are the most important people in our lives for our health, our happiness, our fulfillment. The foundation of our, the experience of us being human is wrapped into being there with ourselves. So you get, you guided her. The most important next step for her is doing it on her own. 
sometimes it's a lot easier for us to make decisions when we have influence or people next to us to guide us. So the next steps is um, what can she do to make these things happen on her own? Will she have the courage and the confidence and what tools can she be given to implement those strategies on her own? And she did. She did. She's such a wonderful, wonderful woman. And she did. And she actually brought me a card for my birthday. And that card I cherish. Those were such incredible words. And she made me cry. And I don't cry that easily. <laughs> How can you say something like that? I said, you better not say anything, you know, because that's going to make me cry. And she said that I empowered her, that she was able to take charge of her life and actually work with her own interests and not the, uh, for the sake of the interests of other people. Yeah, because we take care of ourselves, we become more effective, we become more resilient, compassionate in our relationships with ourselves and others. Saying no gives you a sense of freedom, or excuse me, gives me a sense of freedom. I can't speak for anyone else, but there's a there's a liberation in saying no, because it, try it one time. When you're so used to saying that, yes, and you know that it's not good for you, try to say no and take a moment to realize like how good it felt to say no. Did you know more than likely it's not going to kill you? So, if it's not going to kill you, then go for it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it could even mean killing your spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Because what happens with us that we give our power to other people, and we leave it there. And sometimes I it the it requires a radical approach sometimes. Uh, because if we are stuck in the rut, and if we have a certain pattern of behavior that is not serving us well, we are going against ourselves. And what happens that uh, uh, most of the time that we will feel bad about ourselves. And that uh, was the case here. So she took uh, her power back from the previous boyfriend um, in the form of her money. <laughs> and then it increased her self-esteem. And from the second boyfriend, she also took money. And she learned how not to do that, how not to be there, how not to immediately rush to the service of others when uh, those people are not asking you and they can also solve their problems by themselves. And a lot of the times when we jump in and offer our help, a lot of the times people will not learn how to take care of themselves, how to help themselves. And that is a problem. So also, when you show somebody how to treat you, that's how they're going to treat you. So if you're always saying no, when you should be saying yes, that person's going to expect that they're always going to hear no from you or yes, vice versa, whatever the situation may entail. When we show people how to treat us, that's how they're going to treat us. So if we're not saying no, when we should be saying no, that person's going to learn to treat us in that manner. And we're, I don't think we're going to be effective in that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you noticed uh, that when you say yes to people, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty as charged here by saying yes to people, by going against myself because uh, my good nature and my good heart uh, do not allow me to say no, because I feel that, that empathy, I feel compassion for people that are in trouble, and I need to go help them. I need to take them out of the, their situation that, that they're they're in. But a lot of the times, they need to do it on their own. That is why some problems are given to us, so we would overcome and build our character. So 
with a radical approach like that, uh, you can't pet the person on the head and say, oh, life is going to be better, you know, that the, or like the majority of the therapy out there will listen. And besides, we have this approach in psychotherapy that the being compassionate, understanding, and all that comes to it, not really uh, giving people what they need. Sometimes they need this radical approach and just say, you know what, you have to stop doing that. And once you stop doing that, life is going to get better because in psychotherapy, we're not allowed to give uh, uh, um, advices, right? Oh, the patient needs to make their own decisions. Sometimes it is very important to hear like, listen, cut that crap and just be better. Stop doing that. Right. Well, of course not in this. Well, uh, I don't think anyone's going to, most people won't listen when you start telling them. That's why they say not to give advice because a lot of people will tune out because a lot of people that show up to hear, there are a select few people who really, really want to get better. They really want to work on themselves, but you have people out there who want to stay the victim. So that's why, again, like you're saying, I think what you're saying is like by telling them you're advising them in a way it's like, only you can help yourself. You can't save anybody. The only thing time you can save someone is in, a, in the midst of survival. If somebody's drowning and you have the capability to save them, save them. But if they're drowning in emotions because they can't handle their life, but they're refusing to, to get a job or something or whatever the process may be, excuse me for just singling out that one topic there. If you don't want to help yourself, you're just going to stay in that you're you're going to stay living behind the no and behind the yes when it's not appropriate for your life and you're going to keep trying to save other people before you try to save yourself that's a nightmare i spent the majority of my adult life trying to save other people till i finally realized what the hell am i doing i'm standing on the i'm i'm, I'm drowning throwing my life preserver again to the person on the sand <laughs> i mean they're not even drowning Absolutely. So, you know, that is so important. You can, you can plant seeds in people's plant lives seeds. and they can continue to water it if they choose to, but we can't save other people. We can only give them seeds, I guess, right? Sprouts. And that, that will sprout later. You're absolutely right. Uh, I have a, a little advantage here. That is why I did not go to counseling psychology, Dr. Sherry, <laughs> like you did, because I would want to solve people's problems right away, right? Put them back on their feet and uh, equip them, equip them uh, with tools how to overcome their problems, how to live life. And uh, I knew that I would just go hungry. I wouldn't be able to survive on that, right? And uh, going through insurance companies and everything. It's just like I, would I be steer also clear be from bad. that as well, Dr. Yana. I steer clear from psychotherapy also because I'm an existentialist and I'm an, I exist, I believe in, I don't believe in living under labels. I don't believe in labeling people with diagnoses. However, I believe that there's a sect for that for people who really need it. So I'm not diminishing that in any shape or form. I did also take a different route with regard to that because I believe in helping people to make, to achieve their goals and taking action. That's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely. We, we focus on the present, not the past. That is what we do, what we do. 
And the interesting thing is that the, uh, another advantage is that people come to me and they pay cash and they ha have to get to the point when they have to uh, take out the lots of money out of their pocket to go and fix themselves, right? To ask to go and seek some help. And that is this, uh, uh, money is a great motivator for people. If they pay money, I know that if I pay my money to somebody, I expect uh, uh, change. I expect results. So those people are as well. And that is why they're willing to work on themselves. And uh, there are different kinds of uh, uh, therapeutic approaches. And uh, for me, it's a no-nonsense approach. If people, in fact, want to be victims and want to come and cry, yeah, people can cry. And people do come. And they cry in my office. Like uh, my children said, Mom, why do you always make people cry? Why do, do they have to leave your office uh, crying? And just because I said it's not possible. The change is not possible uh, without it. You you have to stay so on first you have to be honest with yourself and then you have to stay honest with yourself and that you have to control confront yourself yes control. and often that means grieving part of your past you're grieving that part of yourself because you're losing a part of yourself that you've carried for so long so you, grieving is a very good thing in certain situations you you, you know it is. And while it is good, it's also uncomfortable because uh, I'm sure many of uh, listeners and viewers, they will agree that it is not an easy thing to say no to people. I had to practice that. Even now I have a difficulty saying no to people, although I have become so much better at it. And it gives me this sense of freedom because a lot of the time that I noticed that um, um, working with the people with clients is one thing and then there are tons of other people who will just come and want to uh, uh, use you uh, take advantage of your the, uh, therapeutic skills of your understanding in psychology they would just come and get and get and get and I would learn to say no I can't do that in fact there was uh, uh, one client of mine who later became friends, and I don't really encourage that, of course, but uh, uh, without going into too many details, um, people do want to become friends with you because uh, uh, this way they can always call you up and uh, ask for advice. But here, with the problem with the getting closer to people that used to be your clients is that uh, they will not take your advice uh, as serious. They will take everything for granted up until the time that I've noticed that uh, they will pay for that. And only then they come and they would see the progress because I had to tell her, she would just always call me and talk to me for hours. And as a good friend, I thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I was not supposed to do that. I was going to engage myself. She would come to my house in the evening at uh, uh, 8, 9, or even 10 o'clock. I had to be saving her. What for? So when you had to, I, learn to say no. I had to learn to say no. When I spent all that time in the evening writing, and this time I wasn't able to do that, but I zipped my mouth. I didn't say anything because the person needed my help. And as a compassionate human being, I would be there for that person. But that was not there for myself, Dr. Sherry. Right. You I have was to not self-compassion. And I think that like even outside of the branch of clients, 
people in our lives. I mean, I have experienced breakups in my life that I've allowed the person back and forth back. I I had did this dance of come here, go away. Come. I, I was like, well, I forgive them. I haven't heard from them in a while. Let them back in my life. And I would go through the same cycle, the same pattern, the same cycle. And a good friend of mine recently said, you, you just reminded me that you deserve better. It's okay to be nice and it's okay to be compassionate, but we have to always remember the people that we're allowing close to us, it affects our lives. So we can be nice, but saying no is also being nice. And just because we cut people out of our lives, it's okay. If it's not healthy for us, it's okay to cut them out and not feel bad about it. We don't have to feel bad about things that make us feel bad. Just because society says, well, you should be kind and forgiven, forgiving, you can forgive, but when there's one you just can't forget. You don't have to forgive everybody also. It's not an obligation in your life that you have to forgive somebody. I have a big problem with the society uh, really teaching us uh, and the newer generations of to be kind to each other and uh, forgive. I have a big problem with that, Dr. Sherry, because... I think forgiveness should... I think forgiveness is important. But I think you should forgive yourself for the things that you do. I don't think you have to go out and forgive somebody else. You can in your own way. But I think yeah. you should, you know. And that's true. And there is a lot of talk lately that I hear from the social media that, oh, if you're a good person, you will be respecting everyone around you. Hell no. I don't have to respect everybody around me. People need to earn my respect. You don't immediately get my respect. You have to earn it. I'm not going to walk around and respecting you for who you are because you can be a completely nasty human being and I'm not going to respect you. And if there is a reason to respect that you prove that to me that I am going to respect be respecting you. And that this approach goes against many people. Oh my goodness, they are going to just jump at you and say, oh, what a horrible human being you are. We have to accept everyone. And then I talk to them and like, would you respect me for who I am, for what I just said? You're not respecting me for standing my own ground, for respecting myself first and then respecting others possibly. You're not respecting me for saying that. So we don't see the log in our own eyes, but we see the speck in other people's. So I like to bring it up to people and just uh, show their own shortcomings. And by teaching everyone, oh, we have to be nice and forgiving. Yeah, the society is teaching us. What do our parents say when we were little? Just remember that. What I hear moms talk to their kids all the time. And dads, oh, what do we say? What do you say? I don't say anything. I don't feel like saying thanks, right? Let me, oh, what, let me what, what do you say? <laughs> let me interject here because I think it's beautiful to always be kind and compassionate. You my have mom, to be sociable. That's right. But my mom always said, no matter what, or no matter how anyone ever treats you, she's like, always kill them with kindness. You can kill someone with kindness, but you don't have to keep allowing them back in your energy field. You don't have to keep accepting that. You can accept anybody where they're at, but you don't have to bring them into your space. So I believe we then can- Then how do you kill them with kindness? Without engaging, just be kind. If this somebody... is not, by engaging is not, by disengaging with a person is not kind. They're going to consider you as a very nasty human being if you disengage That's okay. With them. It, 
if someone wants to see me as a nasty human being, let them say what they say. But at the end of the day, I can say, I love you. I care about you. And I hope that you find all the happiness that you deserve in this life. And you separate yourself. You kill them with kindness because why should you take on all the reason? Why should you take on all the poison? Absolutely. You don't have to. You can just, you can tell somebody no matter how they, even when you leave somebody, you can just say, I, I still want, no matter what someone does to me, I I believe they're suffering some from some kind of malady that they got to figure it out on their own. But not I can accepting that into your life and not poisoning yourself. That is absolutely true. We have to always be social, sociable human beings and treat others with kindness, of course. But I would probably turn your mom's words <laughs> and say, like, we have to kill them with kindness. I will kill those people with kindness for myself. For Sometimes. myself and for others that require that kindness. But if a malevolent person come along, I will kill them with kindness for myself and for the people that, that this malevolent, malevolent behavior goes against. Sometimes so that, killing someone with kindness can be the simple use of silence. Don't talk. Turn away. You're Killing someone with kindness doesn't mean you're kind to them. Killing someone with kindness means you're being kind to yourself. That's oh, how I see it. Finally, we're gotten. We're gotten to the essence of it, Dr. Shiri. <laughs> oh my God, we need to have a conversation with your mom about it. <laughs> exactly. What's to come on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing someone with kindness, and the kindness should be with yourself. I never even still. thought of it that way either till I just spoke it. I always thought killing them with kindness, but it's so true. I think the essence of it is really kindness to yourself. Whatever the kindness is for your own heart and soul. No matter what it is, if you have to say no, don't pick up the phone, don't engage, whatever it is, do it. Absolutely. It's okay. It's okay to go no contact. It's okay to do whatever you need to do for your spirit to heal. Absolutely. And with that uh, in mind, we are live on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. And you are listening and watching to... Be Honest Podcast, to Be Honest Radio Show with Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, where you have no chance of lying. You have to always be honest. You will not hear us lie to you about anything. We bring honest conversations about life. Anything that makes us human, we just have to stay honest. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching us. We actually uh, welcome questions and we welcome comments uh, on our show and we would like to see what you're interested in, what topics you would like us to discuss by emailing us to behonesttalks at gmail.com and going to our website to check out other podcasts that we have uh, uh, published there already. So stay with us, uh, comment and Send us your love and appreciation. <laughs> Tell us how be honest, how to stay honest, uh, changing your life, or why is it important to stay honest? We would like to hear from you. Yes. What are you struggling with? Are you struggling with being honest? Yeah, people do. People do. Mm -hmm. Some people are struggling to stay um, honest with themselves because um, not 
for everyone, it is so easy to just abandon um, people-pleasing behavior because sometimes there are different, different uh, psychological conditions that prevent us from uh, um, stopping that that pleasing people-pleasing behavior. I know that uh, with a borderline personality disorder, uh, which is characterized by unstable emotions, difficulties in relationships, uh, and distorted sense of self. One common trait that is observed in them is a tendency to engage in people-pleasing behavior. And again, like we mentioned already today, it is a fear of abandonment. But while for most of us, fear of abandonment um, can be felt to stronger degree or to lesser degree, for people with a borderline personality disorder, that feeling of abandonment is crucial. It causes pain and internal turmoil inside of them. And stopping that the pleasing behavior may not be an easy thing to do. Nevertheless, in order to get your power back and to start that kindness to yourself, kindness and compassion for yourself, First, because we think that, oh, we're such a kind and compassionate people to others. That's why we're going to kill them with kindness. You don't kill them with kindness. You kill yourself with malevolence against yourself, but you show them your kindness. But why to go against yourself? Why destroy yourself before uh, showing the kindness to other people? So what do you think about it, Dr. Sherry? I think borderline personality disorder, that's when somebody's suffering from that, I don't think there's much you can do to make a person who's not who's not getting better in that with that um, mental affliction feel a sense of security no matter what you do. I mean, you probably would have to lie to yourself and self-sabotage continuously if you're with someone with borderline personality disorder to accommodate their needs because their needs will most likely I would say change day to day one day they might see you in a good light and the next day they can't stand you so that's very that's a tightrope there of, of it mental is. health it is exactly they um, have rapid shifts of emotions and making it challenging to regulate feelings effectively uh, they use people pleasing as a coping mechanism to manage such emotions. And by pleasing uh, people, uh, they receive a positive feedback or validation, how good it feels, right? It feels really good to receive that validation and positive response, right? Why? Because it temporarily relieves your emotional turmoil. But yeah. it is only temporary, temporary. Yeah. And we have to always remember that until we look at the situation honestly, until we look at ourselves honestly and with radical honesty, we are not able to move forward with that. It, uh, like you mentioned, uh, you don't like uh, labels, neither do I. I never put labels on people. And if they do have certain tendencies, I would uh, uh, point them out to them that those are the tendencies, for example, of borderline personality disorder, like, or just the borderline tendencies. And a lot of the people will come to say, oh, I'm borderline, oh, I'm bipolar. No, you're not. No, you are not. You are not borderline. You are not bipolar. 
if you have those tendencies and those symptoms, we have to deal with them somehow. You have to learn how to cope uh, with yourself, with emotions, uh, with your fear of abandonment, because a lot of the times it can be perceived fear of abandonment. It, it is not real at all. Like someone is trying to step out to go to the store and you're already feeling that, oh, that's it. The person's never coming back. My partner's never coming back. But the so thing about borderline personality disorder, a lot of people with borderline personality disorder don't believe they have a problem. So like narcissism, borderline personality disorder can also be uh, a difficult diagnosis to treat. But I do agree with you by labeling people under something, by telling somebody what they are or categorizing someone as something. Some people have a tendency to live under the umbrella of that. Somebody told me I'm this. Yeah, who I am. And I can't, I'm going to blame everything around me on this rain that's falling under the umbrella of what they've categorized me as. Well, that is uh, exactly that is um, uh, also a problem with people with the borderline tendencies, because they struggle with a fragmented and unstable uh, sense of themselves. So if you tell them, for example, this is what you are, and you are the therapists are the authority figures in their lives. Um, they're like immediately, okay, I'm borderline. This is what it is. It's difficult to treat and I'm not going to do anything about it. This is uh, the most difficult uh, uh, thing to treat in people, psychological deviation. We're not going to put labels on them. So it is really difficult. So this instability can manifest uh, in excessive reliance on others for validation or fear of being rejected or abandoned when there is no such thing right? It is only perceived. But so it's ingrained within. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's primal. So that's the, that's the point of working with your, like a therapist or yourself is bringing that unconscious conscious, bringing those things that bother you to the surface and absolutely. dealing with it. You're looking at this pool, it was clean. And then the, you wake up in the night, you're trying, you're, when your unconscious comes and the leaves have blown from the trees that covers the pool. So when you look in the pool, you're like, oh my God, those are all my <laughs> unconscious dealings there. But you can, clean, you can clean the leaves of the pool. You can bring your unconscious to the consciousness and you can deal with it. You, you can be whole. You don't have to rely on an outside person, a thing, place to be whole. You can become whole. And, you know, start saying no. It kind of rhymes with being whole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, uh, such people-pleasing behavior, uh, they become a way to gain the identity of self-worth through approval and acceptance of others. So by having this fluid identity, maybe difficult, but nevertheless, it is so important to understand that you can be happy, you can change. Yes, I think you have to recognize that the power of saying no is a transformative realization. Skillfully using our words, understanding where each word is most beneficial, it becomes the map of our expedition in this life. Basically, no is, leads us in a good direction. So a does. lot of people think no is negative. It's not negative. That might be nil, but it's not no.
It is absolutely, absolutely, yes. Well, negative is like, uh, it depends on how you look at it, right, Dr. Sherry? So uh, by confronting to other people's expectations and desires, we would say yes to them. And for those people to whom you said yes, it will be quite positive, right? And when you said no, it will be negative. But on your part, it becomes a positive thing because you are choosing yourself. You are you know, not responsible for another person's perception. You cannot control another person's thoughts. You can try. Exactly. You can but, try to be good and kind, but nevertheless, at the end of the day, you are who you are. And if you uh, tried uh, hard to uh, persuade people that you do things out of the goodness of your heart and they're still perceive you as a bad person, because how many times, Dr. Sherry, you said... Uh, You've been saying yes to people all the time, saving them, being there for them, giving them th things, right? To taking your shirt off your back. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, that is so difficult. I'm so tired. I'm so burnt out. I better stay home tonight. I don't feel like doing anything. And this person is asking me again. All I want to do is just to crash on the couch, you know, or just like I take a bath. Nevertheless, we go and say, yes, I'm going to come and I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, you have to change the, if you want to change and you want to feel good and be happy, you have to change your behavior. If you can either continue to gripe about it, bitch about it, whatever you want to put there, or you can do something about it. So many people stay in the, the, the griping, the, the complaining, they spend so much energy complaining about their behavior. If you just took a small amount of that time and put it towards changing your behavior, you'd probably be better off, you know, I learned it in the kitchen as a chef a long time ago. I, I, I still take on too much in my life, but I, I, I have to learn. I believe saying no is an ongoing process. Sometimes we're still going to think we can do it and we're going to, we're going to fail at times still, even when you change yourself, you're going to hit failure in the face and that's okay. Cause it reminds you, it's a reminder that battered part of your face is metaphorically a reminder that, got to say no. You can still be a good person and you can still be kind by saying no. And I think what is above all most important when you're saying no is to be honest as to why you're saying no. Don't come up with some lying excuse as to why you're saying no. Be genuine. I can't do it. I'm too tired. I don't have the ability. Don't be like, well, I have a wedding to go to. <laughs> when you really don't, because people are guilty of that. They'll, they'll actually compound it with another lie. <laughs> exactly. 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 And this is, this is so funny because once in a while I think about that too. Uh, how do I nicely tell a person that I can't do? How do I nicely? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking about telling a lie, telling a lie. Why do you need to tell a lie? Is because I want to preserve my face because I don't want those the, that person's feelings to be hurt. You know, no. By lying already, we call them all white little lies. Lying and not telling something, two different things, right? To withhold some information and to lie, two different things. So I prefer to say, I'm busy or I can't do it at this moment. You know, I stay true to myself because at the end of the day, I am, I stay with myself. I have to give account to myself, not anybody else. Because did I go against myself today? If we ask at the end of the day, did I violate my own boundaries? Did you lose did respect I, for yourself? Did you lose respect to yourself? 
the most important thing that you have to keep that respect for yourself. And a lot of the times that we don't, yes, you gave in. Yes, you went. We call it to go the extra mile. For pit's sake, what for sometimes, you know, to go an extra mm -hmm. mile in that person's shoes. I don't care. I don't want to do it. Those shoes hurt me. I don't want to walk another mile because uh, I don't like to sweat, for example, and it's a difficult road. I don't want to do it. So don't do it. Don't go against yeah, don't yourself. Sacrifice your don't sacrifice your own well-being for another person. And I, I, I really want to bring this out there. And I think a lot of people might disagree with me, but I'm going to go on the out of the limb here and say it. We go to as far as to categorize a lie. We even go as far as to color it. It's a white lie. I've had people tell me, well, I know I lied to you, Sherry, but it wasn't a big lie. A lie is a lie. White, black, red, purple. I mean, we can have a rainbow of lies. In my opinion, a lie is a lie. If someone doesn't look good in something, stop saving their feelings. Tell them, I don't really care for that dress on you. It doesn't flatter you. So many people just want to be nice. They receive... Okay, you receive a gift someone, you can still be kind and say, thank you, it was so nice of you to think of me. You don't have to say, what is this? Or exactly. you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to pretend you love something. You can just be honored that somebody thought of you and gave you something. I believe a lie is a lie. That's why I support being honest Absolutely. in every shape or form. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and uh, we need to be uh, also mentioned uh, another factor that uh, plays a role in not being able to say no. A lot of the time we have a fear of missing out as a psychological factor that uh, FOMO. make us FOMO. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, FOMO, what's going on? FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people often worry about declining an invitation or opportunity that might result in a valuable experience. What is a valuable experience? <clears throat> you know how many people are uh, inviting me to go here and there, not to miss this opportunity. Oh, this is happening like once a year, once a lifetime. One person, uh, a couple of years back, I met her at the the... Uh, at the, one of the social gatherings of parents at my daughter's high school. And she was a mom who was doing, um, she was doing real estate and uh, she was creating all of those events like red carpet events for this posh uh, properties that she was selling. And she was inviting me, she said, why don't you come to our uh, like red carpet event? There are going to be movie makers uh, and all of this um, uh, rich people. And you have to wear like the, your evening gown. You know, I'm not against uh, those kind of possibilities. I'm not. But does it bring me any value to do it? Or I would like to stay in my evening gown, meaning that going to sleep in my in that kind of an evening gown if I'm so tired that day. You know, that kind of an evening gown. I like that. <laughs> right? So Are you, you in your to, evening gown? I am in my evening gown. And the thing is that I told her, uh, because it did not bring any value to me, I did not need to have that red carpet event that was to enough to red carpet, red carpet events in my life, uh, black tie events. So I said no to her. I said no. And she looked at me <laughs> and she said it so brutally. Well, how many red carpets events do you go in your lifetime? This is a wonderful lifetime opportunity. 
And I was taken away by that rudeness, assuming that I don't go, that my life is just completely uh, devoid of uh, this kind of uh, events. And I did not continue that conversation. Like you said, kill with kindness, kindness for myself, not engaging in this type of behavior. Well, because someone know. who's speaking to you like that anyway, you can't convince them otherwise. You're not going to be able to convince her. I think it's great to get out again. However, like Absolutely. you said, you, you, you kind of evaluate, is it worth it? I have things to do that I've learned to like enjoy my solitude. There are times that I get a small break from my children and uh, that's, it gives me some peace for myself. I'm honored to have that peace and I can go out and do something, but sometimes I choose to stay home or choose to do my own thing because it just feels good to, to soak in that. So you don't owe an explanation to anybody as to why you want to do anything. You can simply just say, I don't want to go. Thank you for offering. Absolutely. But there are people uh, next to us or the, the that are very close to us, like our parents, our children, our loved ones, and sometimes the friends that we can explain them to, like, you know, here's the situation. Sometimes we can, but if a person doesn't understand it. Yes, if, if people who love you, they will always understand. That's how you know that they're solid people. They will say, I understand, and I. that's okay. You do what you have to do. They're not going to miss out. They're just inviting you to something that you might not want to miss out but they're going to love and respect whatever you give them. And if somebody's trying to manipulate you, then that's the kind of people you probably want to be like that old wise man said, be careful who you allow on your ship because some people will try to sink it just because they can't be the captain. Exactly. That is such a great, great expression. I love it. And I learned so many of those expressions from you, Dr. Sherry, throughout the years. You are just a well of wisdom. Right back at you, baby. <laughs> Takes one to know one. That's right. <laughs> also, your expression, I always remember that and tell it to people as well. Um, but uh, here's a simple trick that we can use, right? The, the, just the, the simple test. The thing is that if we tell yes to people all the time, the one time we say no, we become the most nasty human being on earth. Despite all of those times and years that you've been there for that person, all of a sudden you became that bad person. And what happens is that those people don't even come back to you after that for whatever reason. They stop being your friend. Oh, this they'll is come back though. Watch. They will come time. back to ask again. You're absolutely right. They will come back again. Energy from you. Mm -hmm. Energy. Also, some favors. Anything that they can have, but they're not going to be there for you. Because mm -hmm. this is how I learned who my friends are and who are not. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is not that I don't require anyone, I don't make anyone to be my friend but I am a good friend to other people. If I am a friend uh, to you, you can count on me. If uh, uh, I'm in a relationship, you can count on me. And I'm always going to be uh, loyal and faithful. But here's the thing. Do that test, people. Do that test. Attempt to say no one time and see who your friends are who wants well-being for you, goodness for you, or who do not, who are just takers. And it, stop mm -hmm. pleasing those people who are takers. Because if the person is not meeting you half of the way, then let that person go. You can yes. continue to put 
everything uh, to, to put all those pennies and um, now there's Bitcoin into the bank <laughs> <laughs> of a relationship, right? And not having anything in return. Right. Well, it's again, speaking of currency, what people that we allow in our lives and out, those are investments. So when whatever we invest our time in, people, places, things, those are investments. So like you call it a test, it's a test, but ultimately it's you that ho you're hoping that you pass the test. You pass the test to yourself. And then you can see whether that those are authentic relationships in your life or not. Be honest with yourself and with other people. Don't go against yourself. And this way you will see who your friend, and you don't necessarily have to be so truthful and say, oh, I tested you. I knew it. I knew that. You don't have to say that. You can just like calmly walk away. You will see you'll become the worst person ever, despite doing all of that. Actually, you'll become the, the best person ever because the only person that you should be becoming the best in is in your own eyes. Dr. Yana, what is behind you? Is that a ferret? <laughs> it is. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> One time it came and it stayed on my shelf. Cute. <laughs> a couple it's times so, I wanted to break out and laugh. So. <laughs> my parent is just there. I thought it might have been a scarf. I'm sorry to interrupt the show, but I was so intrigued. <laughs> it's ferret, ferret yeah, good. It is a ferret. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't like uh, uh, so farewell <laughs> murdering animals. You know, I don't. But the spirit already died. I know the spirit story. So this is this is my nice friend. Oh, it's a real ferret. That's oh, it is. Wow. What, what okay. do you think? I would just have a fake one. Be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Be honest. This is my friend. Be honest. What are you talking about? Oh, you preserved it. How wonderful. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's my great, great friend. Yes, I have few things here behind me. Yes. Welcome to the show, Ferret. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to stay honest. We need to stay honest because that's the most important thing in life. Yes. And now, Dr. Shira, I need to go and have a conversation with your mom. <laughs> I need to learn the tools how to kill with kindness. <laughs> Why can't we just say, oh, you know, like we need to be kind to those people. Why do we need to kill them with kindness? Because there is this need to kill this person whenever they go against you. You want to kill them, but then the society said, oh, you have to be kind. Oh, then I can kill that person with kindness at the same time. <laughs> By being kind to yourself. Like That's true. really learning to let people go, let things go that no longer serve you. That's right. usually with the power of saying, no, it's an art. It's a skill. You have to refine it. It's an ongoing process. Just like self-love, self-care, all those things are things I think we continue to nurture for the rest of our lives. Because I think ingrained in the primitive parts of our being, the inherent parts that we are, are things that fight against the things that we're trying to preserve or to nurture or foster. Absolutely. That reptilian brain's like, it's the cacophony in the mind, the hissing of the mind, equanimity, I believe it might be called. <laughs> Dr. Sherry, that, that's a, such philosophical conversation that we have well, we almost get, at the very end. It's <laughs> so lost in the hissing, right? Lost in the hissing of our We believe what, we're, what our mind is telling us. 
a lot of times we believe it. So we're like, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the house is burning down. You know, <laughs> Your own house is burning down. So to whom you're doing that fa favor, correct? When your mm -hmm. own house is not taken care of, how can you go and help another person? Okay. I had a, uh, an acquaintance uh, and she would always, like her house was uh, in a mess. Her children were in a mess. Her life would be in a total mess. But she would always give me this good advice. Good advice. How to live my life. Oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. She's still in a mess. Her house is a mess. Now she's divorced with a um, single mother with two kids. And like completely like financially ruined. Nevertheless, when I would see her once in a while, she would always give me good advice how to live my life. Because people, <laughs> we can give good advice, but we have to learn to take our own advice. We That's can true. give it, we can give it, but we have to learn to believe in it and to, to do it. A good friend of mine a long time ago once told me two broken toys can't fix each other. So when you're getting in these relationships with people and you're both broken, you're both trying to fix each other, but you're not even trying to fix yourself. And if you do start to fix yourself, when you focus on yourself and you learn to, we'll call it fix yourself. Oftentimes, that's when you'll see people go away. For instance, if you were an alcoholic and you got sober and everybody you ever hung out with were all drinking or drugging, when you stopped and you changed your life, you may not hang out with those same people. But the, go the same goes for other avenues of life. Well, how can you change others you can. before changing yourself first? Fixing yourself first. You have to fix yourself first. The only time you can change somebody is to change their diaper, an infant or somebody who can't change themselves, right? That is so good. <laughs> and if you don't change yourself, you're going to walk around with a shitty diaper all your life, wondering, why do I stink? Why is my life in a mess? You're walking around with a diaper waiting for someone else to change it. Somebody else can't change your diaper. If you're not a baby, baby if you're not elderly, and if you're not a disabled individual who needs help changing, good luck trying to change somebody. But exactly. sometimes we'll sit there waiting. I can change unconsciously. I can change this person who cares about that red flag. You know, they're all over the place. <laughs> You're all at like a football game with all the red flags. Ignore Absolutely. It. Ignore it. Absolutely. Look for the green flags. Why? Because it's so easy to do. We don't need to address our own problems. We have to go and fix other people's. Yeah. Until we get into so much pain. We're like, oh, you know, it, it's, it clouds your, get out of the clouds. Be honest. It clouds everything. Just get out of the clouds. Get out of That's the clouds. Right. We have to stay honest. You know that the, over the years I've noticed um, that um, I absolutely need that utter honesty in my life. Because before, again, I also was... Um, the person who would just, uh, you know, conform, conform and please, please other people. And why? Because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in. And when I stopped this desire to fit in and I knew that I will never be able to fit in, I can only fit in with the small group of people with the same like-minded people, for example, right? And so the majority of us, we can't fit in in every society, in every group. You have to fit in with your own crowd. You can only belong. You can, As Brene Brown says, Dr. Brown, you can only belong. You can spend your life trying to fit in, but if oh, you just learn absolutely. to be honest, you'll learn, you'll just belong. 
Put yourself where you belong. Go up for your passions. Get out there. Like, what are you waiting for? Embrace it now. Small change. Wake up to, right now. Wake up. Not tomorrow. Not in five minutes. Right now. Wake up and get honest with yourself. It's really, really easy. The journey is complicated. The journey is painful. Could be a lot more other things. It's complex. But it's easy in the in the long run. It's easy, but we have rewarding. To take, we have to take that step. That is absolutely to be honest with ourselves. We have to take that step. And unless we do, nothing is going to happen. That's right. Take the plunge. <laughs> so, Dr. Sherry, what do we have uh, in store for next week's show? Let's update people. We're going to be going, we're going to be talking about discovering how to live beyond labels, liberating the true you. We have touched uh, upon this topic a little bit today. And the next time we will talk how not to labelize ourselves <laughs> to create that new word not to labelize. And uh, oh, that sounds not too good. Yeah, we choose, you need to choose a different word. Yeah, how yeah. to stay away from labels, how to help ourselves in this regard. Yes, and just so everyone knows that's listening today, that the opinion shared by our guests and the host and us, Dr. Yana and Dr. Sherry, are personal, and we invite you to actively engage with an open mind. While honesty is valued, individual perspectives may differ, and our content is not personal advice. If you find value in our content, please take a moment to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Be Honest Talks. That is wonderful. Yes, yes, please come to us. So to wrap up today's episode, it was such a nice episode, nice conversation with you, Dr. Sherry. I yes, learned so much. <laughs> learned so much from Go you. Go out there and, and kill with kindness. Right, kill with kindness. Now you know what it is, right? How to kill with kindness. Yeah. So um, let's let's not kid ourselves about that. Uh, going there and killing with kindness is also if you think that they have to go and to continue to help that person who is wronging you, who is so malevolent against you, and you can continue to go and to please that person again. That means that to be a complete fool, this is not the killing with kindness. This is going against yourself <laughs> and against your own boundaries, against your own principles. That's so right. why do that? Yeah. So, so don't <laughs> tune in next week, same time, same lovely place at next Friday, February 20, uh, <laughs> February 2nd. Woo! Join us on United Public Radio 107.7 FM as we continue to ride the roller coaster of life, possibly staying out of the clouds. We exactly. enjoy sharing our journey with you. <laughs> we do. Saying no, remember, is not just a refusal, it's a powerful affirmation of self, a guiding light toward a life shaped by intention, purpose, and profound personal exploration. In any case, whether you find yourself sailing through the unpredictable waters of life or standing on the shore, bear in mind that uttering the word no is the lighthouse where authenticity stands firm, guiding you throughout time on the course to be honest. Be honest, everyone. Thank That's you for right. joining us today on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. We will see you next week. 
Come and join us and don't miss out. Have a good day or night. <laughs>